Hello, everybody. This is The Spiral, and I'm your host, Zane Geiger. Today's main topic is going to be about training camp and everything that's happened so far and all the big storylines for you guys. So if you're not aware, training camp did kick off last week for all the teams. And man, has it been interesting so far, right? I'm going to break down Rodgers coming back and uh, basically what he had to say about the Green Bay and how he's been treated. You got some teams have dealt with some injuries and how's that going to affect them? You got some superstars who potentially want to get traded maybe. Could be playing for a different team for the start of the season. A lot of big stuff has happened so far during training camp and uh, yeah, let's get it going. All right, so to get this started, we're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Now, I know if you're a big football fan, there's been a lot of Aaron Rodgers drama since last, you know, the end of last season. A lot of stuff, a lot of storylines, a lot of Aaron Rodgers drama. I get it. We've heard a lot of it. You might be sick and tired of talking about it, but he came back to training camp. He reported and uh, more news is breaking. I mean, I, I can't, I don't know what it is, but he's just, you know, center of conversation right now. And he's going to continue to probably be that way for why he's still a top three, top five quarterback. That being said, and Rodgers did show up to training camp and um, during his press conference had uh, some interesting stuff to say. He essentially called out his team. Um, so I'm not going to go into everything he said, but just some of the gist of it is Rodgers, you know, had some issues with the Packers this offseason. It began with a just simple conversations in February in which he expressed desire to have more of a say in how things should affect his job directly. You know, maybe who, what, some personnel, wide receivers, what he might, who he wants to keep on the O-line, you know, things like that. He said the front office didn't really want to listen to him. Nothing progressed, leading to some conversations in March where he's just like basically saying like, hey, you drafted a quarterback, you know, last year. Looks like you guys want to kind of get rid of me. I just put up an MVP season. We just went to the NFC Championship game. Like, it seems like you guys aren't listening to me and try to commit to me past this season. You know, like, I'm not, in his words, he's not a lame duck quarterback. You know, um, you want to make a change and move forward, then go ahead and do it, essentially. Like, you're not, I'm important, essentially. I'm a top three quarterback still, arguably the best in the league. Like, I need some sort of commitment. You guys need to start listening to me, you know? Um, he followed that up by saying, you know, uh, he felt like the organization, you know, has a past of disrespecting veterans on the way out of Green Bay. He said he was in contact with several former Packers to see how they were treated upon their exit. You know, he had the list of Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, who is now back to be a Packers. Funny, funny. James Jones. Uh, and other players who were either not respected, lowballed, or not given a contract on the way out of Green Bay. Basically, they didn't get some common courtesies that you think people up to their caliber, especially for what they did to that organization, should get. So, you know, he was calling them out. You know, he basically said, you know, like, I'm feeling disrespected. You guys have a history of not showing respect to veterans. And, you know, he's saying it's not about the money. You know, like, I, I, I don't need money. You know, he's he's been paid. I just want to feel respected. And I think everybody can relate to that, right? Regardless of what's happened so far in your life, like you want to be treated with respect. You don't like, you know, feeling disrespected. And essentially, it's what the Packers did to him. So the Packers reworked this deal of his. So now he got more money guaranteed, which I know it's not about money, but the way they reworked the contract is basically after this season, he can be, you know, 
He can be out. He can be out the door. He can leave. So, they're basically saying they've committed to Rodgers this year with the possibility of him coming back. I personally don't see it, but if they magically win a Super Bowl, which again, I don't see happening. I think they're going to go into the playoffs and honestly have an early exit. Um, you know, he's leaving. It's just, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to leave, but they're trying to, you know, basically say, you know, like, okay, we made some mistakes. We're listening to you, essentially what the GM saying. Um, he's just like, you know, like, we're going to listen to you. No, we, we're going to, you know, care about what you have to say now. Like, we're going to make, you know, we're going to try to listen to you. One of the things the GM said for Green Bay is, you know, they traded for Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was a wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers had early in his career. Um, somebody he relied on, he liked. They were with Jordy Nelson and James Jones, some other wide receivers he had back in, you know, earlier in his career. And, you know, basically brought Randall Cobb back. And the GM 100% said, hey, this is what Rodgers wanted. And if Rodgers didn't want him, we weren't going to trade for him. We personally really didn't want him. He's a good player, but we weren't going to make a trade if, you know, if Rodgers didn't voice that concern. Like, he's basically coming up to us saying, like, I want Randall Cobb. So, they got Randall Cobb. I think it's a little too late. You know, I think the GM's trying to show, like, hey, like, we're willing to listen to him now. You know, like, we're going to do what he wants. We're going to listen to him. Um, I- I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it from the, uh, you know, the GM. You know, he had a press conference, you know, a day or two after Rodgers basically blasted the organization and said they were being disrespectful to him. And basically was just kind of saying, like, hey, you know, this is just going to be a side. You know, it's two different sides. There's Rodgers. There's our side. We just got to keep working out these issues together. We'll figure it out, you know. And essentially, he's like, look, like, we traded for, you know, Randall Cobb. You know, we're doing what he wants. Hey, man, it's too little too late. All right, Randall Cobb isn't what he once was. I think he's a nice veteran piece. I think he does help the locker room. I do think, he, you know, somebody who has Rodgers' trust, which I get. But he's not the Randall Cobb of old. I mean, he can still be a little reliable, but he's not going to be breathtaking or game-changing. You know, in the last podcast, I said they still need to get him a real number two wide receiver. Randall Cobb ain't him. He can be solid. He takes some pressure off the rookie wide receiver they draft in the third round, Brown. But, I, I mean, really, it's not a big difference. It's, they just kind of got him, you know, for Roger's sake, which I get. You, you got to do what he says now. You know, like you're trying to say, you know, you're trying to be like, you're not the bad guy. Rogers called you out. So now you kind of got to say like, Oh, no, we're not evil. We're, you know, we're really good. We care about Rodgers. But again, it's too little too late, right? We, I don't know what else you're going to do. You know, they, the GM kept saying his press conference, you know, um, you know, they asked him, you know, oh, what's it like? You know, like Rodgers said, you got rid of a lot of veteran guys. Like you treat him disrespectfully. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And he basically, you know, what's he going to say? Like, yeah, we kind of kicked him to the door. No, he's like, you know, we had conversations with a lot of them. You know, it's just the business side. Things didn't work out. They're gone. You know, the GM's going to say what he has to say. You know, he's trying not to lose his job in the nicest way possible. You know, he can't really just say, yeah, I was disrespectful to him. Yeah, let him go. And listen, I understand it's a business world out there in the NFL. I get you let players go a year too early than a year too late. Bill Belichick's always been big into doing that. I get it. You do what you got to do to win. I understand that, okay? But... If Rodgers is saying he's felt disrespected, and it, sh- and it sh- looks to me he's definitely been disrespected, and he's saying the Packers have a history of doing it to veterans, it does cause a little bit of concern for that organization because make no mistake, Rodgers leaving that team, they're not going to be that good. 
right? And essentially, I think Rodgers already has a foot out the door. I think he's going to leave next year, you know. Uh, you also had uh, Devontae Adams, who I think is number one, number two wide receiver in the NFL, you know, said he felt like he got load ball on his contract offer. He said, I should be the number one paid wide receiver in the NFL. Essentially, show me the money. And the Packers didn't want to do that for him. And he said, like, he might request a trade and want to be out of there. But now that Rodgers is coming back, he's open to staying with Green Bay if he can get this money. So I, I don't know what's going on. I think this is Rodgers' team, unfortunately. You know, like, depending on how happy he is, I think that's going to affect the other superstars. I think Rodgers is low-key, has, like I said, one foot out the door. I think superstars are going to say the same thing. I think Devontae Adams is out unless he gets, like, in a big contract. Then I think he'll stay. But I think Adams could be out. You could see Jerry Alexander leave. You could see Green Bay fall apart and crumble quickly, which is not good. Um, but yeah, Green Bay so far this offseason and start training camp with Rodgers and the GM. It's, um, it's been crazy. Uh, now we're going to talk about Carson Wentz and the Colts. And man, Carson Wentz, man, he just can't catch a break. All right, so the Colts and Carson Wentz. If you're not aware, Carson Wentz is the Colts quarterback this year. You know, they made a trade from Philly where he, you know, he spent his whole career so far. That's the team who drafted him. And, you know, it's been a little bit of a disappointment there. He looked like he was going to have an MVP season. Then he got injured. And, um, you know, they won the Super Bowl without him. And ever since then, it's just he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And he hasn't looked like his MVP self. Now, he got traded to the Colts. Their head coach is the, was the quarterback, offensive coordinator, for when he looked like an MVP with the Eagles. So the hope was you bring Carson Wentz in, that coach can fix him, you know, the Colts head coach can fix him, and you potentially just traded for an MVP caliber quarterback and really only gave up a second-round pick or pending the first-round uh, first pick, depending on how long he plays, right? Because, you know, the concerns with him is potential injuries – and, you know, you don't, the way they work the deal, if he plays, I believe it's 75% of the team snaps, it becomes a first-round pick. Well, now Carson Wentz is injured. He hurt his, I believe it was ankle, foot, in practice the other day. And they're debating if they want to have surgery. He just said, um, you know, he released Sunday that he wants to rehab it. He wants to just stay off it for a couple days, try to avoid surgery. Because if he has surgery, the timetable becomes a little unknown I don't think it, it's not out for the year, but definitely going to miss the preseason, which is, you know, an offseason's big, you know, especially for a new team, learning, new, you know, essentially new system, new players, trying to get a feel for everything. That, that's a big loss. That's, that's time that you don't get back, and that really could be good for him to build his confidence, build the team's confidence, and get things going. Um, so this is big. Um, hopefully they can avoid surgery. I mean, listen, I'm, I like Carson Wentz. I think he's a really nice guy. Um, a lot of people think he's washed and trashed. I really did want to see what he could do with the Colts this year. I was really big in the, him having a bounce back year and leading the Colts to the playoffs because the Colts, talented team, really good O-line, weapons outside are pretty good. They have a running game. Their defense is top notch. They're a very well run team, you know, top to bottom. And really since Andrew Luck, you know, retired, They've been having the rotation at quarterback, and they just need to get consistent quarterback play. And the hope was you just traded for Winston. He's still young. He still has you know potential to show you that MVP self. And if he could play at MVP level, 
Colts are Super Bowl contenders. I'm just going to be honest with you because their team's super complete. It's really good. They're well run. And if you can get Wentz to be an MVP caliber quarterback again, I mean, it looks really good for the Colts. They're definitely taking over their division from the Titans. You know, they're going to be very competitive in the AFC. But again, injuries were the question, and now he's hurt. So if you're the Colts, what do you do? I think you have to look for a trade. Um, I don't know what type of trade you want to make if you're the Colts. I mean, there's some guys out there. You potentially could trade for Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. I don't know if they want to get rid of him quite yet, but they did draft Trey Lance at uh, number three overall, and they really like him and his intangibles and what he can do. So you could potentially send them a very nice offer and blow them away where they feel like they they feel comfortable getting rid of Jimmy G. Um, again, I don't know if they really want to throw Trey Lance in there right off you know, right away. Uh, I think that's going to be how training camp looks, how he's looking in practices. So that might be a little harder. Um, You have Marcus Mariota. I believe he's still the backup on the Raiders. Um, He's a potential guy who got a little bit of playing time last year, and he's still an interesting option. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, franchise quarterback anymore. You know what I mean? I think he's just a temporary. He could be there for one year maybe lead you to the playoffs because of how complete this team is. Because, honestly, the Colts team is really complete. I don't think they need a game-changing quarterback. I just think they need a quarterback who doesn't lose them games. And I think Marcus Mariota can definitely do that. I do think he adds elements with his legs. I think he's an accurate passer. So there are things that Marcus Mariota can do for you. But, again, it's just a one-year stopgap option. Um, I'll tell you the big one that I I like. Gardner Minshew. From the Jags. Now, Minshew Mania is real. Um, you know, last last year, you know, they kind of benched him a little bit. I think some of that is because Minshew's a gamer, right? He can play. He's not going to blow you away with anything he does. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, he doesn't have elite arm strength. He's not super fast. He's not super accurate. But he does something very well. He just plays hard. He plays very hard. He's a gamer. He's going to show up. He's going to do little things for you. He can flat out play. Whatever he doesn't, He's not great at anything, but he's not really bad at anything either. He's just probably average quarterback. He probably can start some games. He probably could be a backup quarterback in his career. I don't think he really got a full shot in the Jags organization. I think the Jags are a bad run. You know, have the history of being a terrible organization, not winning, you know, not ran well. I think that's changing with Urban Meyer a little bit, so hopefully they're headed in the right direction. But I don't think you really knew what Gardner Minshew was with the Jags. I think he showed some potential, and then it was clear this year, like, hey, we want Trevor Lawrence. We're not going to put you in because I think Gardner Minshew could win them some games, and they weren't trying to win games. They were honestly trying to tank. It's just what it was. Once they had the option you know, to have that first overall pick because the Jets lost it, they weren't going to put him in there. They didn't want him to win games. It's just that simple. So I think the Colts could low-key make a trade for him, and you can find out what he is. I don't know if he's ever going to be that top 10 quarterback. I, I, I mean, I don't see it. I just don't think he has the talent for it. But he could be a very solid quarterback for him. You know, worst comes to worst, you trade for him. He looks pretty well. You can keep him in that backup role because I do think Gardner Minshew it has some talent. Now, obviously, this is a little bit of a hot, hot take. I get it. I just don't think we've seen enough for him to kind of say, like, he's bad or he's good. I think if you put him on the Colts, you kind of have a fair chance to really evaluate him and how good he can be. I like to see him get an opportunity again. I really do. I mean, worst comes to worst. I mean, he's just going to be a very you know capable backup quarterback who, if you know, 
If you trade for him temporarily and he comes in, plays a few games, you have Wentz come back from injury, he plays, say he gets hurt again, you have Gardner Menchu, very capable quarterback. I think he can handle the workload. I don't think you have to give up anything too crazy to get him. He's still young. He's still cheap. So if he does show some upside and it looks like, you know, he looks a little promising, like you can have him for a couple years without having to pay him. Uh, you know, if you trade for Jimmy G, big contract, you know, you might have to give up more. So potentially, you know, you buy low but high reward. I, I think it could be a very good, interesting trade. Uh, last quarterback, I'm going to mention is Nick Foles. I mean, we know what Foles can do. Um, you know, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, had the historic playoff run, uh, signed a huge contract with the Jags, got injured. They traded him to the Bears, didn't really look good last year. But he's still a solid quarterback who can handle that gap of when Wentz would come back if he has to miss a few regular season games. I think right now it's kind of saying, hey, he might miss a little bit of the preseason and should be back week one. But again, any that, that can all change depending on how long he wants to wait, wait to see if he wants to get surgery. So they need to make a quarterback change. They have to do something, trade for somebody. I'm on the Gardner Menchu hype train a little bit just because I, I like – it intrigues me for the buy low, high reward possibility – but I also get that they're super ready to win now, so they may not want to risk that. So Marcus Mariota could be a very good option. Jimmy G, I just think you're going to have to give up a solid bit to get him uh, because I don't know if 49ers are really looking to fully get rid of him yet. And, you know, Foles is also another really good option. So Colts face some dilemma with quarterback play. Hopefully it's not a serious injury for Wentz, but, man, they really need to make some sort of move to get a different quarterback in there. Um, Up next, we're going to talk about uh, the Miami Dolphins and Xavier Howard's contract issues. Is he going to be leaving South Beach? And we're going to mention Cardinals, another superstar. And Chandler Jones, who's not happy with his contract and, you know, kind of wants out of there. Maybe these two teams make a trade. Stay tuned to find out. All right. So the Miami Dolphins, my favorite team, you know, arguably the greatest team in the world. Whatever. I digress. Um, Xavier Howard. Just don't know who he is. He's a top three corner in the NFL. Led the league last year in interceptions. Two years ago, he signed a contract extension that made him the highest paid corner in the NFL, right? Well, now he came out right when training camp started. He showed up day one, you know, training camp after rumors of him not being happy with the Dolphins, wanted a different contract, you know, wanted more money, more guarantees. You know, he showed up to the Dolphins and it looked really good. It's like, hey, he showed up. He's going to be willing to play. Like, they're going to work this out. Well, after that, he came out and said he demanded a trade on Instagram, basically said he felt disrespected by the Dolphins, said when he signed his contract, he didn't fully get it. And I I understand that. Like, he didn't fully understand the contract he signed two years ago, um, the contract extension. It did make him the highest paid corner in the league, but not a lot of guarantees. So easy to get out of that contract for the Dolphins if if he kept having injuries and not having to pay him a bunch of money. So he fired that agent. Uh, because it did look like it was a steal for the Dolphins because though they're paying him a lot of money, it was very easy to get out of that contract to avoid a lot of dead cap space. Um, so he officially requested a trade, you know, called out the Dolphins, said he's just asking for more guaranteed money. The Dolphins aren't budging. They're not listening to any of his contract, you know, negotiations he wants. Essentially called out the team uh, with Byron Jones. That's the opposite corner from the Dolphins and said, like, there's no way this man should be making more money than me. Um, You know, my game speaks for itself. And listen, I'm not a big fan of calling out your teammates, but he makes a point, right? The Dolphins last offseason spent a lot of money 
One of it was on Byron Jones, the corner slash safety from the Cowboys. It paid him more money than X. I like uh, I like Byron Jones. I do think he's very versatile. I do think he's really good. I think early in the year with the Dolphins, he got he kind of got banged up early, missed some time, but came back and finished pretty strong. I like him. He's a good corner. He's definitely number one corner in the NFL. But he's not Xavier Howard level. All right, he shouldn't be making more money than Xavier Howard. And listen, I get it. This is how free agency works. How contracts work. You know, people get you know make more money than other people that they shouldn't. It's just all about when you become a free agent, when certain people sign. I get it. it it's the way the NFL works. But Howard has a point. You know, he feels like he should be the highest paid you know quarter on his team, and I don't think he's asking for a lot more money. He's really not. He just wants more guarantees. Well. On, you know, Saturday night or Sunday evening, it came out basically like Xavier Howard is willing to stay with the Dolphins. They, it's just on the Dolphins to fix the contract issue. Listen, if you're the Miami Dolphins, I think you have to fix this Xavier Howard deal. I think you got to give him more guaranteed money. You do what you have to do. He's a top three corner in the league. He's still young. Now, he does have injury concerns. I do. He's missed a lot of games in his career. You know, an availability, you know, it's really big. I know they want guys who are healthy to stay healthy. And with Xavier Howard's knees, you're not really too sure what can happen. I get it. But I just think he's too big of a superstar to get rid of. Now, the Dolphins, you know, when they were doing this rebuilding process, they got rid of Laramie Tunsil for an absolute steal, got all these picks, you know, used them to help this rebuild, right? They drafted Minka Fitzmagic. Or, sorry, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Fitzmagic on the... On the Redskins, my apologies. They drafted Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama. They traded him after a year to the Steelers for a first-round pick. He's he's transformed into a star in the Steelers' defense. Absolute game-changer. He's a beast. That was somebody I didn't want the Dolphins to give up, but he he didn't buy into the Brian Flores process early on in his first year. Wasn't buying into it. Thought we were going to be a terrible franchise. Thought we were going to keep losing. You know, he didn't like like Brian Flores' idea of moving him all around. And I get it. He was a young player. He was getting frustrated. He felt like he was struggling because he couldn't hone in on one position. Wasn't buying into it. Dolphins, you know, shipped him out. And now he's just blossomed into a superstar level, you know, safety with the Steelers, which a lot of people knew he was going to be a star in the NFL. The Dolphins, you know... You know, that hurts the Dolphins. That was a, a guy you had on your team that could have been great for you, and you shipped them out. The Dolphins are trying to win now, right? Like, essentially, the rebuild's over. They're trying to win now. You don't have the ability to ship, you know, ship out these superstars to get picks because eventually, you know, it's great to have all these picks. Don't get me wrong, but you need superstars. You need guys who can affect, you know, who can change this team, can make a difference. And you don't know, these picks, you know, you're trading for them. There's no guarantee they're going to be superstars. There's no guarantee at all. If you trade Xavier Howard, where are you going to find another one? There's not many guys like him that are just true ball hawks who also just can shut down, you know, the other the opposing wide receivers. I think if you're Dolphins, you, gotta, you just got to give him more guarantee money. You know, don't trade him. You keep him. You know, I, whatever he said, you know, calling out his team or whatever, the teammates, the cornerback room – they all said they get it. They're with X. They want him back. They know how good he makes us. He's a difference maker. Ten interceptions last year. He makes a difference on the defense. He makes the defense elite. He's going to force a bunch of turnovers, help the offense. He is just, I think he's too big to lose. Regardless of what he said on social media, he's too big 
of a name corner to lose. He's top three. He's still young. The only concern with him is obviously his knee injuries, but you have to keep him. He's that important. You gotta admit, you gotta lock him up before the season starts. You know, show him respect. Give him some more guaranteed money because that's all he wants. Just you gotta keep him. Now, the Cardinals. They, this offseason, have been very busy. They're trying to get competitive. Last year, they started off, I believe it was, 6-3. and three, And they fell off a cliff, missed the playoffs, didn't perform well in the second half of the season. And that's been a big, big thing with the Cardinals last year. One week, they look like they can be the best team in football. Next week, they're losing to, like, the Jets. Like, they're just losing to terrible people. You know, like, they're, they're, like, they're just, they're playing bad against really bad teams. And then, like, really good, they're playing really good against, like, really good teams. They make no sense. So they brought in some guys this offseason. Hopefully, he could be more consistent. Uh, you know, they brought in J.J. Watt, A.J. Green. They made some good, you know, they drafted well. So this is the year it's like, hey, it's time to compete. And listen, they're in a hard division. You have the Rams, who look really, really good. Seattle's always going to be really, really, you know, talented and tough with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. And you have the 49ers, who, if they're staying healthy, they're another top team, right? Like, it's insane that it's just like, that's the division because they're all playoff caliber teams. And it's just so it, – it's, it's just, you know, it's just awful. that it, It's such a talented team, you know, division. You know, someone's not going to get represented. But it's just such a hard conference. Like, or, you know, the NFC is a hard conference in general. But their division is just – it's just rough. It's a bloodbath for the Cardinals, right? But this looks like the year. They're supposed to compete, hopefully get to the playoffs. This could be their year. So they added J.J. Watt to go with Chandler Jones. Very – I think he's a very underrated guy. If you don't know him, he was made on the all-decade team in the NFL, you know, from 2010, 2019, all-decade team. He's a beast of a pass rusher. He gets sacks. He gets results. Last year, he had a torn bicep. They lost him. He was a big loss. Uh, they lost to Son Reddick, another pass rusher, to the Panthers. So they got J.J. Watt. Now you have Chandler Jones coming back. It's supposed to be a dynamic pass rush, right? Well, now Chandler Jones wants some more money. His contract's coming up. He wants to be extended. You sign a bunch of guys. You're not taking care of your own. Like, he wants some more money. He potentially would want out, right? Like, he's not, he's showing some displeasure. So, you got to keep him, too. You got to sign him. You got to do what you want. Now, I know he's 31 and he's coming off an injury, so he's a little older, but the man produces. He gets results. He's not inconsistent. He's consistently getting you sacks and generating pressure. He's very important. I don't know what type of money he wants per se. I'm sure it's going to be somewhat expensive because he's not too old at the DM position and pass rushers are a premium position, so you do have to pay him. I think you have to pay him. I just think you do. You have uh, Kyler Murray on a rookie contract now. This is the time to pay these guys while the quarterback is on this rookie deal. You see a lot of people start building a team to compete, and then you get that rookie quarterback in. Because while the quarterback is super cheap, that's the window to win Super Bowls. That's the best. Because you can start paying other positions more, start paying guys more money because you don't have to pay the quarterback yet. So you're not paying Kyler Murray any money. You gotta give, gotta give Chandler Jones this money. You gotta, you gotta do it. Now, before we go into the next segment, um, with we're gonna bring up the Eagles and Devontae Smith's injury. I do want to say this. I did see a lot of hypotheticals. Because of the Xavier Howard trade, uh, like him requesting a trade was similar to when Chandler Jones kind of came out of nowhere and the news broke like, hey, not happy with the contract, I might want out. A lot of people said that would be a huge win-win for both of them. Um, I would hate to lose Xavier Howard, but I do love Chandler Jones. 
I would say this is a potential trade to watch for, honestly, because I do think the Dolphins could use a true pass rusher, which Chandler Jones is. I just think the only concern is if you're not happy, like you already have Xavier Howard paid, you, he wants more guaranteed money. So if you're going to trade for Chandler Jones, like you actually got to pay him a huge contract, which again, you have Tua, who is on a rookie deal, so you can afford to do this, and it gives you a true pass rusher. But I, I, like, I don't know, if, are you willing to pay him more than you are to give guaranteed money to Xavier Howard? So I'm a little hesitant on the idea of the trade just because I think you're kind of trading for another guy who, has, who wants more money and has a contract issue. So essentially, if this trade gets made, it's both parties agreeing to money. I would just think if you're the Dolphins, it's kind of like, hey, I'd rather give Xavier Howard more money than trade for Chandler Jones. But again, that's just me. Chandler Jones would be a great pass rusher addition to the Dolphins, and Xavier Howard would be tremendous for the Cardinals' defense because they do not. The secondary is a weakness for him. Patrick Peterson's not there anymore. He went to the Vikings, so they do need a true corner, and Xavier Howard would be huge for that defense. And they do have JJ Watt, so they could potentially, potentially do okay if they got rid of Chandler Jones. Obviously, the pass rush would take a hit, but they would get a top three corner in return. And they would just, you know, fix his contract by giving him more guaranteed money so it's not horrendous. Um, that would be a big win-win for both teams. So that's a potential trade that could happen. I personally think both players are going to stay put and they're just going to resolve their contract issues. But if not, I definitely see this being a big trade. But that being said, let's kick it off with some Eagles and Devontae Smith. All right, so we have the Eagles and Devontae Smith. If you don't know who Devontae Smith is... Look at his highlights last year and what he did at Alabama to get that Heisman. The man is special. The man is a beast. He performs, all right? He, what he did at Alabama last year was just truly special, and he deserves all the hype he got. Now, this being said, and everything he did at Alabama was great. Won a Heisman, terrific player. There were concerns about him going to the NFL. He's, you know, six feet tall, 170 pounds. He's on the smaller end. His size made a lot of people nervous, you know, like, can he hold up in the NFL? Can his body take a licking? Now, he played in the SEC. And if you don't know anything about the SEC, that's, that's where NFL talent comes from, all right? So he did play against NFL talent week in and week out. And he was able to handle an SEC load. So I, don't, I, I didn't believe it was too much of a concern, him going to the NFL. I still thought he was going to be good. I still thought he was going to be talented. I didn't really feel like I had anything to worry about. But last practice, he came up. He got hurt. Leg injury. And everybody's saying, oh, see, he can't hold up his size. He's 6 feet, 170 pounds. He's weak. He's little. He's going to continue to get hurt. Can we just quit with the overreactions, people? All right? Let's just quit. All right? It's a leg injury. A little cause for concern, yes. But they said it's not that serious. You know, like, they, they, he's going to be okay. All right? It's training camp. All right? People get hurt in freak ways in training camp all the time, regardless of how strong you are, how big you are. Training camp's a weird one. All right? People get hurt. It's, you know, it's terrible to get hurt, you know, in general. But before the season even starts, like, it's just, it's awful. I don't wish that upon anybody, right? But this isn't a serious injury. Obviously, I don't think it's nothing to worry about in this sense because. You know, like, he did get hurt, but again, they said it's not serious. I'm not, I'm not too worried about his size. I think the man just straight up balls out regardless of, you know, any circumstance. I'm not worried about him doing that in the NFL. Like, he's going to show up in the NFL. Um, I, I really like Devontae Smith. I love him coming back with Jalen Hurts, who's his boy. 
Jalen Hurts was the quarterback at Alabama before he transferred to Oklahoma because Tua beat him out for the job. They're reunited. I, like, if they lose Devontae Smith, though, that hurts the Eagles big time because they don't really have great weapons outside of Devontae Smith. Like, this is supposed to be their new number one wide receiver. So I really, I really hope this doesn't become a lingering issue. But again, there's no reason to think that right now. They said it's not serious. I mean, only time will tell, obviously, how truthful that is. But Devontae Smith, man, I wish you all the best. You know, I'm really hoping this injury isn't serious, and I hope you can go back out there and, you know, just put the world on notice because this man is special. All right, he is a special wide receiver. The Eagles are, are so happy to get him because I can tell you who really wanted him, the Giants. And the Giants were not happy that the Eagles got Devontae Smith because that was supposed to be their guy. And let me tell you something. I think the Giants are going to regret not doing more to get Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith is going to show up and he's going to ball out with Hurts. Devontae Smith is going to have a really good year this year. I'm letting you know right now, it wouldn't surprise me if he breaks 1,000 yards as a rookie because I do think he's that special regardless of his concern, you know, people have of his size and stuff. You know, you can say that for a lot of players and size. People are going to show up. If you got the talent and you can ball out, you're going to show up no matter what, and that's who Devontae Smith is. He's going to show up. He's going to put people on notice, and I can't wait to see what he can do. This being said, we're going to keep it in division real quick. Another big storyline. We got Prescott, shoulder injury. Dak Prescott's already coming back from a horrific leg injury. Um, so now his shoulder's hurting. Now, again, it's just sore. He, you know, he basically said, like, hey, like I thought I was a little warmer than what I thought before I started making that throw. Kind of hurt my shoulder a little bit. I just don't think I was as warm as I was supposed to be. Again, let's not overreact to this. I get it's a quarterback. I get it's a throwing shoulder, and you don't like seeing that. From what I heard, he kind of ran off the field. Uh, that is a scary look, but I think he's fine. I just think with regards to quarterback, anything with your throwing shoulder, you're going to overreact a little bit because obviously, like, that's big. You don't want your, anything happening to your throwing shoulder. That's, you know, your quarterback, obviously, right? Let's not overreact. He's probably just going to take a few days off. They're going to be safe with him regardless. Um, I'm totally okay with this. I don't think it's anything serious. Again, he's probably just going to take more days off than what he really needs to, but it's better to be safer than sorry. And, you know, I can't blame them for that. Like, he probably, you know, realistically, like, could come back in a couple days. They might keep him out a week or two. There's no need to rush him. He's already coming off a horrific injury. Let's just, let's just du- you know, double, you know, double down on his shoulder being okay. Let's just give him extra time. Even if he feels like he's ready to go out there, let's just be safe and then sorry. Because if they lose Prescott, I mean, I already, their season's over. I mean, it, you might as well just get ready for next year because without Prescott, they're not doing anything. All right? He's what runs that offense. He what, he's what gets that offense going. Um, and I like Prescott. He's a great, you know, great person, obviously. So I do – I can't – I want to see him come back from this injury, you know, the horrific injury he's, you know, suffered last year. Strong, better than ever. I love to see that. Um, but let's calm down again with some of these injuries, guys. Like some people start overreacting, freaking out, you know, like, oh, he's going to be injury prone now. Oh, he's going to always be hurt. Oh, he's not what he's going to be, what he once was. Like, let's just, it's okay. His shoulder just, you know, it didn't feel super comfortable. It's fine. All right. He tried throwing farther than what he could. He thought he was more warm than what he was. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Let's just relax. He'll come back when he's, when, you know, more ready than ever, and he'll be good, all right? So let's just give him an extra week or two, make sure that shoulder's a-okay, give him more time off that knee, like, he will be okay, all right? He's going to show up in Dallas, 
and he's going to play well this year. I, I, again, I think Prescott's in that weird thing because of him coming back from a horrific injury. If he doesn't play great, I, I, like, I don't think it's still cause for concern because I do think he's coming back from a gruesome injury where like you might just need time to get it going. So I can see Prescott starting off slow this year and finish strong. I also could see him coming out super strong right off the gate and staying strong the whole year. Um, so, I, again, it's okay. You know, like, obviously he had the horrific injury last year, but this is not the – you know, he didn't re-hurt his leg. It's just his shoulder. He'll be okay. Let's just move on from that, all right? Like, it's all good. There's no – there's not really any reasons for concern. They're going to hold him out a little longer than probably, you know, most people want, but it's just to be on the safe side. I'm sure he's okay. Up next, we're going to talk about a running back got paid. Doesn't really happen a lot, but hey, it's a great sign if you ask me. All right, so like I said, a running back got paid. Who's that running back? My boy Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb just signed a 36, almost $37 million extension, 20 mil guaranteed. This is a great signing by the Browns. Obviously, they're, they're a run-first team. They're, they're a run-heavy team. Nick Chubb is a ball-over player. He's a beast. He's top three, top five running back, in my opinion, definitely in the NFL. Um, he, he's what gets that offense going. He builds, you know, what he's able to do helps to play action with Baker, sets up deep balls. I, Nick Chubb's what makes that offense go. I'm a big fan of Nick Chubb. I think he deserved the extension. And, you know, this is ideal for running backs. You know, Nick Chubb wasn't a first-round pick, so he doesn't have that, you know, fifth-year option that some running backs can get picked up. So, you know, he plays for two or three years, gets this extension. It's going to set him up to, I think, 27, 28. He has the ability to get another big contract. This, you might start seeing this be the new thing with running backs because I do think running backs aren't going to keep going in the first round. I think their value isn't that high because of the fact that their shelf life expectancy is really low. So if you can start getting these running backs maybe now in the second round, you pay them less, you're going to get a lot of you know value out of them in the second round. But they're going to produce. So now it's kind of like, hey, you don't have to draft them in the first round. You're drafting in the second round. You just pay them. You know, like The running backs can now get paid earlier and then hopefully hit another payday. I think this is nice for the running backs, obviously. Um because I do think, you know, they get to shorten the stick a lot. You know, like you're going to be a beast for years. You know, they're going to run you to the ground. Then like you get hurt and you don't ever get a chance to really cash out multiple times like other people. So this, you know, this is perfect for Nick Chubb and the Browns. You know, they paid him money. It was a great deal for him. I, I really think, you know, he probably deserved more. But hey, like, you know, this is a great deal. He paid Nick Chubb. He's going to be able to get another extension, which is great for him. Uh, everything he's overcame with all the injuries that he got at Georgia and everything. Like, he's a beast. Um, so I'm really happy for Nick Chubb uh, getting this money. And this is a huge get for the uh, – huge, huge for the Browns. Uh, another running back worth mentioning is the Rams. So the Rams lost their running back. That is uh, out for the year. Out for the year. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's not good. You know, that is, that's not good. The running back who I'm mentioning is Cam Akers. Cam Akers came out of FSU, didn't, you know, top end recruit, didn't really do great at FSU, but a lot of people thought he had potential. He tested well, the, you know, the combine, pro day, thought he could do a lot better in the NFL than what he did in college. And man, he showed up, especially down the stretch for the Rams. He looked like the next, you know, big time running back of all the rookie running backs that came out last year. He definitely balled out. He looks really good. 
He's you know now he's out for the year, torn ACL I believe. Uh, it might be Achilles actually. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but the point is he's out for the year. How does this affect the Rams? Well, the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford, right? And a lot of people think, you know, Sean McVay and everything, like, oh, we're going to throw the ball, throw the ball, like that's what they do. Their run game is really important. You know, like when they went to the Super Bowl, it, you know, like Jared Goff played well, but Todd Gurley was insane. Todd Gurley was a monster. Now, unfortunately for Todd Gurley, he had knee issues, that which he suffered all the, from his time in Georgia. Um, and, you know, it, it followed him to the pros, and, like, he just, like, started falling apart towards the end of that huge, amazing season he had. So they had to go get other running backs. But, I mean, like, them having a run game is huge. Like, it, it might be, you know, a lot of casual fans may not know that. Like, you know, like, you think Sean McVay, like, you know, passing the ball, you know, spreading the ball out, doing all these things. Their running game is very important to this team. Very important. And I do think Cam Akers is a big loss. I think you have to replace Cam Akers. You got to bring somebody in. Now, they do have Darnell Henderson, who is a the guy they drafted the year after their Super Bowl loss, who does have some interesting potential as a, two, you know, catching the ball in the backfield and running. But there is a reason why they drafted Cam Akers early, too, right? So there is, you know, I think, Dar- um, I think Darnell Henderson could have a good year, potentially, but there also there is pause for concerns with him. You know, I don't know if you really know what you're going to get. He's probably definitely more of a number two running back because I do think if he was truly talented, they wouldn't have gone out to get Cam Akers to see what he could be. Um, so you have Darnell Henderson. You lost Malcolm Brown, Brown in free agency to the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to throw an idea out there for you guys. I'm going to throw an idea out there for you because I do think Darnell Henderson is good, but you still need to get somebody else. What about Todd Gurley? Now hear me out. Hear me out. He's not what he once was. I know he has issues. I know he didn't look that great with, you know, the Falcons last year. But Rams O-line's better. The Rams offense is better. He might have more opportunities and a few more holes than what he did with the Falcons. And though he didn't have a great yards per carry with the Falcons last year, because I believe it was about 3.6, 3.7 maybe, he did score a lot of goal line touchdowns, which he can do. He can pound the ball in there. He's also familiar with this offense. He knows how it works. He's still capable of catching the ball in the backfield. He could be an interesting signing to get somebody back in the building that knows what they're doing. Now, I don't know if that bridge is burned with, you know, the Rams. I don't know if he wants to go back. I have no idea. But it is an interesting idea to bring him potentially back and see what he can do, regardless if you're trying to give him a starting job or just, you know, be a backup to uh, Darnell Henderson. I do think it's worth mentioning, you know, he definitely, I think, would be a good addition there because of how well he already knows the offense and knows how it works. I I just think it would be a good idea personally. Uh, there are other running backs out there. You could go Le'Veon Bell, who's a big veteran, experienced guy. Uh, he knows what he's doing. A lot of people, though, thought he lost, you know, lost a step with the Chiefs, and it showed. So I don't know what you're going to get out of him either, but he's capable of catching the ball in the backfield and running the ball as well. Um, they could potentially make a trade for somebody. Um, it, it, you know, If you really wanted to, and I don't see them doing it, Kareem Hunt's a backup running back but still has a lot of potential. You could make a move there. Um, yeah, I mean, the running back market's always weird. You can always find running backs. Uh, I personally think their best bet would just be back, bring back Todd Gurley. But again, I don't know if that bridge is already burned to where if he'd want to come back, I don't know if they've reached out to him, but that's definitely a solid option. Uh, you could even reach out to Latavius Murray, a backup running back on the Saints, who I do think has some skill and talent who could be, you know, used very well there. Um, so there are guys out there that they can definitely get 
you know, reach out there to, you know, mitigate the Cam Akers loss because it is a big one. Um, but they definitely need to do something. I like Darnell Henderson. I think he has potential, but, you know, you don't want to, like, have him go out there and he kind of fails and then you try to trade for running back. I'd rather you get the running back now and then you can see what Darnell Henderson is. And if he's clearly not it, then you can just, you know, move on from, you know, move on from him and put a different running back in there. Um, so my last talking points today, um, I do want to talk about the Ravens. Uh, they did add a pass rusher the other day and Justin Houston, obviously he's not what he once was, you know, but he's still a very viable, you know, reliable pass rusher, good viable option. You know, he can probably still get you seven to 10 sacks in a given season, situational pass rusher, definitely can still set the edge. Um, I mentioned the last, you know, the last podcast that they lost some pass rushers in the offseason. So this is a nice move. Um, it helps add a pass rusher, a guy who could generate some pressure and sacks on the edge. I really like the move. It was a great signing. I think it was a one-year, $4 million deal. Uh, just happened the other day. So that was a big move. And last but not, you know, not, you know, last but certainly not least because it's going to be, a, I think, a huge issue for the rest of the season. We have COVID issues. Now, one of the things I'm going to let you know right now is I'm not, I'm not going to get into political talks on this podcast, right? Some people, are, you know, on different, you know, uh, sports talk, uh, you know, stations and shows get sometimes show their political opinions aside. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to show mine. I'm not going to say players are, you know, stupid for not getting, you know, vaccines or, you know, uh, like I'm not going to say, you know, they're super smart for wanting to get them. Like, hey, it's your, you know, it's your option. It's your opinion. If you want to get one, get one. If you don't feel safe and don't feel comfortable getting it, don't get it. You know, that that is what it is. I'm not here to tell you one thing, one way or another. You know, it's just basically this point is, hey, COVID vaccinations, right? COVID in general, it's going to affect teams. You saw the Vikings are losing quarterbacks right now. You got teams who are having players have to be out because of COVID who are vaccinated and aren't vaccinated. So people are losing players regardless of your vaccination status, right? So again, you know, some players want to get vaccinated. Some players aren't. But either way, your people are getting COVID right now uh, still, regardless of your vaccination status. I do think this is going to be an issue that lingers into the regular season. So what's going to happen now? I mean, what's what's going to happen? You know, like are more people going to want to get vaccinated? Because the whole league gets vaccinated. You know, what happens then? Because I still think COVID is going to be an issue, even if, if everybody was 100% got vaccinated, right? So I, I just think COVID this year is a, is a big thing, and, and it's happening in training camp now. Players are coming back reporting, and teams are getting affected by COVID. You know, I thought... A lot of people thought maybe this would be over by now, but clearly it isn't. Clearly, this is still probably going to be an issue throughout the year of stars missing games because of COVID, regardless of vaccination status. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do. I know they talked about punishing people, you know, and forfeiting money if you choose not to be vaccinated and you have to miss games and stuff like that. I don't know if that's going to change um, for players. You know, like I don't know what's going to happen now because if you know if people are still missing games that they are vaccinated. Should the unvaccinated ones still get punished for, you know, choosing not to be not vaccinated, but they get COVID. So I don't know what they're going to do, but either way, like COVID's a serious issue right now uh, with the, you know, the NFL still players are still looking like they're going to still get COVID regardless of their vaccination status. So this is definitely something to monitor and it's just, you know, it's still crazy that it's something we have to worry about. You know, you always think, you know, the worst is players missing games because of injuries, but now you can have players miss weeks for being sick and having COVID. And it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's just really crazy that, 
you know, you can have stars missing games for COVID and it's just, uh, it's not, it's something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Like if you told me a couple years ago, like, yeah, there's going to be something kind of, you know, like the flu and it's a sickness and players are missing games because of COVID. Like it, it just seems weird. Like you don't think of players missing games for being sick. It's always injuries, you know? So it's just, it, it's just crazy that this whole COVID thing is still affecting football and other sports at the highest level. And, you know, Again, we thought this might be something that's taken care of because, you know, I will say this about the NFL. They do have high vaccination rates. I think it's above 90% of the league's vaccinated. Um, But again, this is still going to be an issue. It's still, you know, showing cause for concerns on how the season might unfold. Are we going to have a bunch of forfeits again this year? A lot of games going to have to get rescheduled. They already said they don't want to do that. They already said if a team has a massive outbreak – and, you know, you can't play your game. Like, that team's going to have to forfeit the game and kind of be an automatic L. So, again, this is just something to keep monitoring and seeing how bad COVID's going to potentially get. Um, I'm also curious if the league's going to hit 100% vaccination status. I personally don't think it is because I do think some people have had bad experiences with friends and family and loved ones that have had the vaccination. And, you know, like they – or they could have, you know, personal stuff wrong with them, you know. Uh, blood clots, you know, heart conditions or something where they can't get vaccinated either. Again, I'm not trying to push my opinion if you want to get vaccinated or not. I think that's totally up to you. Again, I'm not going to get political. I'm not calling you out if you haven't or you've had got your vaccination. Again, it's totally up to everybody. The only reason I'm bringing up COVID stuff is because right now it is taking a hold of, you know, the NFL and locker rooms and teams are already having to put people on the COVID, you know, list. So, again, this is just, you know, just crazy, and I never thought I'd see it. Um, You know, it's just truly crazy. But this being said, um, that's it. That's all the breaking news that I have for this podcast. Um, Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I do hope you guys, you know, like listening. I hope you guys are having a really good time listening. I'm glad I'm able to, you know, break all this knowledge for you guys and kind of break down what's happening around the NFL my goal is Wednesday to get a um, the college, um, kind of going to college now. I've been talking about the NFL for the last two podcasts. My goal is Wednesday. I'm going to talk about Oklahoma. I'm going to talk about Oklahoma, Texas coming into the SEC, what that potentially means for the SEC, what that means for their conference, the Big 12. And I'm going to talk about college football players making money because – let me tell you something. If I knew some college players can make six or seven figures, you know, playing football, I may have trained a little harder in high school. I, I, I may have, you know, taken a little steroids to get a little jacked if it meant going to college and making some bank. But again, thank you guys for listening to The Spiral. Um, again, I'm your host, Zane Geiger. And, you know, thanks for listening. And real quick, I'm going to let you guys know. I do have an email available for you guys now. So you guys can start officially emailing me questions and I'm going to answer fan questions at the end of each podcast. So hopefully give this a listen. Send me some questions and Wednesday I will start answering these questions at the end of the podcast. The email name is questionthespiral at yahoo.com. I say again, it's going to be questionthespiral at yahoo.com. No caps, no numbers, just that simple. Question the spiral at yahoo.com. But again, thank you everybody for listening. It means a lot. Send me some fan questions. I can't wait to answer them. Uh, But yeah, everybody have a great rest of your day.